1: For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and
0: data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE.
2: Hey, everyone. Welcome to Let's Get Civical. This is the podcast that breaks down politics, government structure, and dives into the context of current events, but in a super fun way. I'm Lizzie Stewart, comedian, feminist, and political junkie. And I'm Arden Wallentowski, former Senate intern, campaign staffer, and political strategist. In this episode, we're talking about Queen Elizabeth II. So grab your corgi. And let's get civical. Every single one of you. Oh, hello. Hello to those of you in the
1: United States, those of you in the United Kingdom, and the
2: Commonwealth.
1: And the Commonwealth around the world.
2: Welcome back to Let's Get Civical. I am Lizzie Stewart, no relation. <laughs> <laughs>
1: And I am Arden Walentowski, absolutely no
2: relation. <laughs> <laughs> and you know why we're here. We, obviously, we have to address the events that have unfolded and are still unfolding. It's a lot they of events. They continue to
1: unfold. Minutes before we hopped on to record this, more events were we happening. Have more.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So everybody know that we're recording this episode on September 10th. So if anything happens after this moment, ceremonial-wise, I don't I don't know if there is. I think we've done a lot of the big stuff already. Yeah. Just know that we are, you know, we can only we can only fit in so much. Right. But obviously the Queen is dead. The Queen of England has died. Long life. Yes. And it's kind of wild because You know, so many generations have only known a single queen. Yeah. And I know that we are supposed to be obviously focused on American civics and history, but I just feel like we got to talk about the death of Queen Elizabeth. Oh, yes. Not even, this isn't about the death. This is just about her in general. Yeah, this is more of like a a biopic, and
1: an homage to to Queen Elizabeth II. Yeah, I mean, I feel like, listen... Our former homeland, the land Mm. from whence we come, Mm -hmm. a lot of the reasons that we have the structures that we do are because Mm -hmm. the people, the dudes, the men with property and money who founded our country came from a country where there was a monarchy and they didn't Mm -hmm. like that because sometimes Mm -hmm. the monarchy was not as nice and kind and philanthropic and of the people as Queen Elizabeth was and her successors i assume will be so Mm -hmm. i think it i think it absolutely warrants an episode and also just you know we've done episodes on presidents and yes there are presidents of the united states but it's good just to remember like how things go in other countries you know we're not totally we're the only country that has our exact i mean major country um that has our exact form of government so it's just a nice reminder to to look across the pond as twer and yeah.
2: remember the queen. I mean, she's, she's met every single president except Lyndon B. Johnson since Harry Truman.
1: Wait, so, why didn't
2: she meet Johnson? I don't know. That just so didn't happen, I guess. Oh. Yeah. It just didn't happen. But otherwise, yeah, she's met everybody else. Nice. So wild to think that we've had i mean like when you think about what's happened to our country since harry s truman was president that is literally her reign oh my god her reign so it's profound profound, it's profound. and i also think that with her death come so many i think important and significant conversations about the monarchy and about her mm-hmm. her history as a monarch and you know the colonialism conversations that are happening right now it's, you know, it's we I feel like we're always the one the U.S. is are always the one on display with our kind of like mess. Oh, sure. <laughs> um, I mean. And now it's 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 interesting to kind of watch another country like have an internal dialogue about their relation their co- complex relationship with the figure. Right. Um, which is what I think is happening right now across across the United Kingdom it's very much like people loved her people hated her it's mm-hmm. really I don't know I mean yeah it's interesting to see the debates unfold right but nonetheless she did reign for 70 years so, so long long time long time, long time. Uh, so we're gonna talk about her. And uh, Arden informed me that we have a lot of notes to get through (laughs) because, like I said, a lot happens in 70 years. Oh, my God. So I think we have to jump in and start with the sources for today.
1: Yes, there are quite a lot. So the the Royal Family's own website, royal.uk. Love. Love. History.com. Epic, epic contribution to this podcast episode an article from cbs news by amy Picky, a new york times article by jenny gross and a Guardi- guardian article by emily dugan uh oh and a bbc very helpful bbc article that didn't have an author but was like here's everything you need to know about the next people in line for the crown also one of them's mm. four years old <laughs>
0: yeah and i was like
2: hey. great bless up. <laughs> that's how it works. <laughs> so first, I'm going to be peppering fun facts throughout this because I am not necessarily fascinated by like the people themselves, but I'm fascinated by the institution of monarchy and the pomp and circumstance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That that they that they had, you know, like the very rigid rituals that have to happen. Yes. So when and everybody probably knows this at this point, so I won't spend too much time on it. But fun fact, you know, when Queen Elizabeth died, what went into effect was Operation London Bridge, which was the code word that the queen was dead. And the reason why I'm bringing it up at the sources is because part of Operation London Bridge is that government websites, and also most media websites, they switch their colors to black. So One of the things that were like informing people that she might have died before it was officially announced was websites were turning black. And then the thing that kind of made me go and text you and say, I think the queen is going to die today, was newscasters uh, and like the BBC and all of the major UK television folks, they change into total black clothes.
1: That's so wild that you say that because I had no idea about that. And just mm-hmm. subtly watching people change clothes. Also, did they just like have them there? Or are they just like suits that like maybe I, I don't understand. Like, did these people already have black clothes? I'm so curious. But when I was doing the yeah, research for this episode, one of the I just said one of the websites I went to was Royal.uk for the, the website for the royal family. And it's all black. And I was it didn't mm-hmm. it didn't strike me as like, oh, that's weird. That's very dull. And yeah.
2: of course it's black. <laughs> yeah it's like one of the things oh my god that's That's so wild symbolizing that she's that she's passed so so those things like the bbc did it really early on and now in retrospect i wonder if they had a heads up that she had died because they did it maybe like four or five hours oh wow before like they changed to blacks before it was announced and everybody else was still not so it was kind of like why is the bbc (laughs) what is
1: the bbc now that people don't know
2: Yeah. So, yes. Anywho, before death comes birth. So let's start this episode by talking about her early years. So when before she was queen. Yeah. Because she wasn't queen for her whole life, obviously. So Queen Elizabeth was born at 2.40 a.m. on April 21st, 1926. I'm going to say in Mayfair, London, Mm -hmm. the London home of her maternal grandparents. Imagine being born at home. Like this was like what they did. I know some people now choose home birth as part of their, you know, it's like a decision that they make for themselves. Right. But back in the day, it was like that's what you did. Traditional, yeah, for for especially royal babies to be born at home or in the palace or right. whatever. Like she had her children in the palace. I forget who's the first. I wonder if it was Diana was the first. Oh. Person who gave birth in a hospital, but right. Isn't that wild? That's crazy. She was the first child of the Duke and Duchess of York, who later became King George VI and Queen Elizabeth. She was christened Elizabeth Alexandra Mary at Buckingham Palace on May 29th that year. She was named after her mother, while her two middle names are those of her paternal great-grandmother Queen Alexandra and paternal grandmother Queen Mary. I love that the royal family has like 10 names. Yeah, total. They don't have all they just filter through.
1: Right. And they don't seem to use their last names or maybe they don't use their last names when they become a higher title because I know there was a whole thing about like whether or not they were going to use Philip's last name and whatever. But because it yeah. was like German in nature and when they got married, like it was a whole big thing. Um, but I just love because there's a note later on about like what Charles was going to choose his king name to be, and I was like, "Oh, you mm, get a choice? Mm-hmm.
2: That's so cute. You do. Aww. You do. And some and That's some, so cute. like George the sixth, her father, his name was actually Albert, and he but just he chose, chose George. Oh, mm-hmm. oh,
1: yeah. That's so cute. So, That's so weird.
2: I don't That's know so why." Cute. Back to, at this point, she's Princess Elizabeth. Yes. The princess's early years were spent in Piccadilly, the London house taken by her parents shortly after her birth, and at White Lodge and Richmond Park. In 1930, Princess Elizabeth's sister, Princess Margaret Rose, was born, and the family of four were very close.
1: They seem very cute. There's, like, pictures of them together, and it just seems very cute and homey.
2: And Margaret love her. She had spunk. She's kind of like the Harry of the mm, of the two. Mm-hmm. She was she was the bad girl. She was the party love, girl. I love. I love it. Mhm. When Princess Elizabeth was 6 years old, her parents took over Royal Lodge in Windsor Great Park as their own country home. In the grounds of the Royal Lodge, she was given her own small house. Why? Oh god. I know. Within back? Why Within back? or the little cottage? Which was a gift from the people of Wales for her sixth birthday in 1932. Oh, so that must be Welsh that I just tried to butcher. That's uh, g- correct. I think correct deduction.
1: But also, fine people of Wales, I just had a birthday. If you would like to gift me a house, I would such a choice humbly accept. Humbly on my hands and knees accept a house. Humbly accept a little ha- cottage. A little a, cottage. A little cottage. Just a wee, a wee little cottage. Wee little cottage. So, though she spent a lot of her childhood with nannies, Princess Elizabeth was greatly influenced by her mother, who instilled in her a devout Christian faith, as well as a keen understanding of the demands of royal life. Obviously. Like, there is nothing about this woman that was not, to the T, royalty and by way of the monarchy.
2: Yeah. And at this point, she's still just a prince. Like, she's never supposed to be queen. no. No. Her grandmother, Queen Mary,
1: consort of King George V, also instructed Elizabeth and her younger sister Margaret in the finer points of royal etiquette. So she's learning. She's learning as she's young. Educated by private tutors with an emphasis on British history and law, the princess also studied music and learned to speak fluent French. She trained as a girl guide, which is so cute. It's the British equivalent of Girl Scouts, and developed a lifelong passion for
2: horses. She loved horses. So she cute. loved racing horses.
1: I mean, I mm-hmm. love this. She's like the penultimate, like, not girl, but like you know. I feel like the stereotypical, like you know, five-year-old is like, I love horses and dog. You know, like she's just—it's so cute. Right. She's so sweet. Elizabeth and Margaret spent, spent much of World War II living apart from their parents in the Royal Lodge at Windsor Castle, which is a medieval fortress outside of London. In 1942, the king made Elizabeth an honorary colonel in the 500 Grandier Guards, a Royal Army Regiment.
2: Hell yeah. Hell
1: yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. While at Windsor, Princess Elizabeth and Princess Margaret continued their education, participated in air raid drills, and were sub- subject to food rationing and other provisions along with the rest of the country.
2: Yes, absolutely. Yeah, the I mean, the World War II is literally happening around them. Yeah. Around, yeah.
1: <laughs> Two years later, um, her father named her as a member of the Privy Council and the Council of State, enabling her to act on his behalf when he was out of the country. So already she's, like, taking on more responsibility as she gets older. Mm-hmm. Still not within, not uh, ever thinking that she would become queen, but there's
2: royalty. Well, at this point, I'll insert and say, fun fact, so by this point, the actual, the guy who was supposed to be king, King Edward. Yeah who was king for a very short time, I don't know, six months. Yeah. Like, it wasn't a long time. He's abdicated by this point. Oh. I forget how old she was, but she was maybe, she was in, it was before World War II, I believe. Yeah, he it was. Abdicated. Yeah, Because during World War II, he was like shopping around with Hitler being like, hey, if you win, put me back on top. <laughs> oh, you don't know that? No. Oh yeah, the whole thing.
1: Mm-hmm. <gasps> oh mm-hmm. s- wow!
2: Mm-hmm. Wow. There's wow, a documentary. Wow. Maybe it's on Netflix, but it's called something like Edward or the Nazi King or something like that. But oh, yeah, it was I feel like I've seen kind that. Kind of that like, by. yeah, yeah. It was yeah. an unconfirmed, but I think now confirmed theory that because there are photographs of him and his wife Wallace, Wallace Simpson that he famously yep. gave up the throne for. Yeah. Meeting Hitler, shaking Hitler's hand, <gasps> hanging out with Hitler, like oh, dear, like cheering. Mm-hmm. Wow. And the rumor wow. was that he was doing so to try to figure out a way to get back on the throne since he had abdicated at that point. <gasps> and Queen Elizabeth always resented her uncle, the King Edward, for abdicating because she believes that it led to, obviously, her father having to handle World War II and right. the decline of his health. Wow. Dropping bombs. Wow. And I'm not talking about the London Blitzkrieg, honey. Mm-mm. So, yes, by this point, I believe she is the now she is. heir apparent. Yes,
1: I forgot. So, yes, yes, it's later in the notes, but that happens when she's
2: 10 years old. 10 years old. That's right. Yeah. Crazy. Yeah. So what talk? I mean, talk about being like for the first 10 years of your life. You're just like, I'm posh. Right. And a princess. Right. And then at 10 years old, you have to be like, now I'm going to be queen because my uncle wants to marry a divorcee. Yeah. Scandal. 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 Also, having spent
1: uh, some time last night with a 12-year-old, who is a lovely 12-year-old, but still a 12-year-old, I'm like... I don't even know that you brush your teeth every day and yet here is this <laughs> ten-year-old. Well, remember, who's like, she's
2: taking French and has private right. right, 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 so right I think right. there's somebody making sure somebody that somebody is making her sure teeth. that
1: she is being raised right. <laughs> mm-hmm. just like ten.
2: Oh my gosh. Yeah. So uh, happy times. Happy times. Our girl gets married. Mm-hmm. Our girl gets married to the guy we all know is Prince Philip. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize that this is such a stupid thing to say.
1: I didn't realize that she, that it wasn't, I don't know, not that I thought it was an arranged thing, but I guess just because they, you know, they're usually, uh, I mean, that's usually how it happened in ye olden days of England, yore, And I I don't know. Yeah, I was like, oh, no, she actually like really loved him. Mm hmm. And and, and like, they were cousins. And they were cousins. And I was like, oh, right, right, right. I do remember when he died, the like, the, the yeah, that it was a very, a very sad affair because they actually were like a real couple as opposed to like two yeah. people smushed together to like carry on a
2: line. Yes. So this is about her, a quick section about her married life. Mm-hmm. In 1947, soon after the royal family returned from an official visit to South Africa and Rhodesia, they announced Elizabeth's engagement to Prince Philip of Greece. Her third cousin, because both of them were great-great-grandchildren of Queen Victoria and Prince Albert, and he was a lieutenant in the Royal Navy. She had her sights on him when she was only 13, and their relationship developed through visits and correspondence during the war. Mm -hmm. You know, as you do. Though many in the royal circle viewed Philip as an unwise match due to his lack of money and German blood, (laughs) I mean, imagine Elizabeth was determined and very much in love. She and Philip wed on November 20th, 1947, at Westminster Abbey. Their first son, Charles, now King Charles, but formerly Prince of Wales, was born in 1948. They got right to business. And their daughter, Anne, who is the Princess Royal, arrived two years later. They then went on to have two more children, Andrew, who was born in 1960, and Edward, who was born in 1964, there's quite a, a gap between. There is, yeah. Edward and Charles. Yeah, it's like 20 years. Yeah. That's crazy.
1: Yeah. Well, she was eight. Uh, what, 22 when she had Charles. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because she was born in 26. He was born in 48. Yeah, that's math.
2: Mm-hmm. That's math. That's math. I just, I never, I never realized they had such an age difference, but yeah, it doesn't surprise me. In 1968, Charles was formally invested as the Prince of Wales, marking his coming of age and the beginning of what would be a long period <laughs> as a king in waiting. <laughs> so, uh, like 50 years. Yeah. It's crazy. Elizabeth and Philip were married for an extraordinary 73 years until the prince died in April 2021 at age 99. Almost made it. Almost made it. Almost Almost made made it. it. Yeah. But, man, you saw him in those last, like, two years. Everybody Mm -hmm. was like, this is wild. He is so ill. (laughs) He doesn't look well. No. No.
1: So that's her married life. We're going to back up Mm -hmm. and rewind a bit and talk about how she became queen. Because as Lizzie said, she never was really supposed to become queen. No. But in 1936, her uncle, King Edward VIII, abdicated to marry an American divorcee, Wallace Simpson. And as a result, her father became King George VI. And 10-year-old Lilibet, who also did not know that that's where... Lilibet came from? Lilibet came from. I didn't realize that's where Archie's Mm -hmm. little sister got her name. Mm -hmm. I'm telling you, I do not pay attention to this in ways that I think most people do because I think most people knew that. (laughs) 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 Meanwhile, I was like... I really think it depends.
2: (laughs) Meanwhile, I was like, Lilibet, that's such a
1: cute name. Oh, I'm like, oh, of course, it's a grandmother's name. The... Yes. So then Queen Elizabeth or Princess Elizabeth at the time became the heir presumptive to the throne with her father's declining health in 1951, Elizabeth stepped in for him at various state functions. After spending that Christmas with the royal family, Elizabeth and Philip left on a tour of Australia and New Zealand, making a stopover in Kenya. They were in Kenya on February 6, 1952, when King George VI succumbed to lung cancer at the age of 56, and his 25-year-old daughter became the sixth woman in history to ascend to the British throne. Ah, oh, the six. So- it's so young. It's so young to die. It's so young yeah. to die. 56. I mean, lung cancer in 1952. Like. Yeah. There's no hope for there's that. Nothing. No, there's, there's nothing, nothing you can do. Held at Westminster Abbey, Elizabeth's coronation ceremony was the first to be broadcast live on television. Some 27 million people in the United Kingdom out of a total population of 36 million watched the ceremony and 11 million more listened on the radio. Afterwards, some three million people lined the route as the queen and her entourage made their slow procession back to Buckingham Palace.
2: She is... We're about to get another coronation. 25. 25. 25. Younger than uh, both of us. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So now we're going to talk about some important moments during her reign. Obviously, there are 70 years of important moments, so we just picked some of the... Some of them. So... Don't add us yeah. if we didn't choose something you wanted to see. Right. Most of them, these were the, like, not fun ones, but, like, things that stood out as,
1: yeah. like, different markers. The other ones that were in there were the many jubilees and, like, the first visit to China, the f- visit to, to um, like, the Republic of Germany or something. Like, all very important mm-hmm. politically. But I was like, these
2: are interesting. <laughs> yeah. So the first one is... Uh, most people probably know about this, but the mining disaster in Wales in 1966? On October 21st, 1966, an avalanche of mud, water, and debris from a coal mine buried an elementary school in the South Wales village of Aberfan, killing 116 children and 28 adults. Though Prince Philip arrived in Aberfan a day after the disaster, the Queen herself delayed her visit for over a week, fearing her presence would distract from the rescue and recovery efforts. Some of those close to Elizabeth, including her former private secretary, have said that she regretted the decision not to visit Aberfan sooner. Yeah. Which is true. Mm. Another big moment was the first walkabout in 1970. During a royal tour of Australia and New Zealand with Prince Philip and Princess Anne in 1970, Elizabeth bucked centuries of royal tradition when she took a casual stroll to greet crowds of people in person rather than wave to them from a protected distance. Now a regular practice for British royals, both abroad and at home, the first walkabout in Sydney was proposed by Sir William Heselton. Sure. Say that. An Australian who served as the Queen's private secretary and was the driving force behind a 1969 TV documentary featuring the royal family, which attracted a global audience of some 40 million people. Fun fact. Mm -hmm. She – they did this documentary broadcasted live. And then she ended up telling the British press, everybody, that she didn't want any more broadcasts done of it. So it's been kept, like – You can't get access. Like, there are some clips I think that exist, but you can't have access to the full film out of respect for the Queen's wishes. Wow. Mm Mm-hmm. It's it's crazy. That's so crazy. And then last, another just moment that we're going to highlight. In May of 2011, Elizabeth and Philip visited the Republic of Ireland at the invitation of President Mary McAleese. Though the Queen had frequently visited Northern Ireland over the course of her reign, This was her first to the Republic of Ireland and the first by a British monarch in 100 years. Elizabeth's visit, during which she expressed her, quote, sincere thoughts and deep sympathy for the victims of the troubled Anglo-Irish past, was widely celebrated as the beginning of a new era of friendship. Yeah. We're going to take a quick break for a little word from our sponsors.
1: So one of the things that she's often credited with is modernizing the monarchy. So we'll talk about some of the ways in which she did that. And they're mainly, I feel like, in reaction to events as opposed to like, yes, you know, I'm going to make a choice to actively do this thing. It's more like, okay, this, this thing happened and I'm going to react this way instead of this way. And so it will send this message. So one of the things that happened was that a fire broke out at Windsor Castle in 1992. And amid public outcry over the use of government funds to restore the royal residence, Queen Elizabeth agreed to pay taxes on her private income, which is not required by British law, though some earlier monarchs had done so as well. Listen, I do not agree with everything that my taxes go to pay for, but that's part of paying your taxes but i can understand the outrage when your taxes are going to pay for the up for the rebuilding of the wealthy royal member's house
2: yeah i can understand the royals are expensive they're expensive and that's i think it's if you're nannies are not cheap A, yeah if you're an anti monarchist Mm -hmm. i think that's at the top of the list of why it's like we are paying for people to live in literal palaces mm-hmm. plural <laughs> and palai, lie right to sort of uphold the the facade of bougie yes. you know royal sovereign etc etc so yeah it was it was a big deal that she paid for that like th- this I mean this yeah. event was so interesting for yeah. so many reasons but um yeah for her to be like I'll pay I'll pay yeah. That doesn't happen often. <laughs> no, no, no. She was
1: like, that. yes, absolutely. I agree. Yeah. At the time, her personal fortune was estimated at $11.7 billion. <laughs> Yeah. In another modernizing measure, she also agreed to open the state rooms at Buckingham Palace to the public for an admission fee when she was not in residence. So, okay. Yes, sure.
2: Great. We're making small steps. And because of that, I went to Buckingham Palace. Yeah when i was 17 years old yes thanks windsor castle fire <laughs> i saw kate middleton's wedding dress was Aww, on display. Shit. <laughs> another area of history
1: where she is credited with some at least modernizing sentiment and actions was after um her son charles Prince Charles and Princess Diana divorced in 1996. Diana remained incredibly popular with the British and international public. Following her tragic death the next year, which triggered a tremendous outpouring of shock and grief and outrage at the royal family for what the public saw as its ill treatment of the people's princess, Queen Elizabeth initially kept the family, the princes, out of the public eye. But then the unprecedented public response to Diana's death convinced her to return to London, make a televised speech about Diana, and greet mourners, and allow the Union Jack to fly at half-mast above Buckingham Palace. So even though they were divorced, and I'm sure she did not like that.
2: (laughs) No, but I mean.
1: (laughs) But she did right. She did right. Messy divorce. Messy
2: divorce. Yeah.
1: But she she did, you know, as right as she did. Right. You know, like she brought, she came back, she talked to people, the flag, you know, all of that.
2: I will say she definitely got there in the end. The fun fact about this is it took her, I want to say almost a week to come back to London. And people were pissed. They were pissed. I remember that. that. Like, like the whole unit wasn't there. Yeah. Um, I remember that. And the other thing that they were pissed about was once she was back... So when the Sovereign is in residence, it's a different flag than the Union Jack that goes up on the castle. Mm -hmm. And they wouldn't bring that to half-mast because you're not supposed to. So, like, currently, Charles in Buckingham Palace, his flag is, like, full up. Whereas everybody else's Union Jacks are obviously half-mast. Right. You know, so it was, like, it was this real push and pull of her kind of being like, okay, people are mad. Let's adjust. Right, 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 right. And good for her. like, 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 let's make some adjustments. Yeah. And the last fun fact I'll say... Just specifically about Diana is at her funeral. Something very crazy, ha- not crazy, but like um, a moment of I think acknowledgement of Diana's position was when they were doing the funeral procession of her coffin in the carriage with like the boys walking behind uh, it. Yeah, as it passed the Queen, she bowed her head. Uh, which was oh, a huge I remember that. I remember the queen that. Doesn't bow her head. I
1: yeah. mean, that whole thing. I mean, obviously a crazy, crazy event. I rem- I was. When did that happen? 96. Yeah, I was. um, Or no, it happened in 97. I was 12 and I mean, old enough to like stay up, you know, late watching TV or whatever. And I must have stayed up late and my mom would just go to bed and I would stay up watching TV or whatever. Um, But I was I don't know what I was watching like live on television. And I remember when the news came through that Princess Diana had been at least i think hurt in a car crash at first and then it came out that she had been killed in the car crash that was so wild that like i remember i will always have vivid memories of watching that come across live on tv because i think in the states it happened like at midnight or one that it it was like midnight um and then yeah i remember what you're talking about the next week being like where is she you know people Mm -hmm. people love diana yeah but she came back and she did right, part of her change of thought process and modernizing the monarch as as you know people people marry outside of the royal family and and all of that. So the queen's popularity and that of the entire royal, royal family rebounded during the first decade of the 21st century. Though 2002 marked Queen Elizabeth's Golden Jubilee, which is 50 years on the throne, the death of her mother, the beloved Queen Mum, and her sister early that year cast a pall on the celebrations. In 2005, the Queen enjoyed public support when she gave her assent to Prince Charles' once unthinkable marriage to his longtime love, Camilla Parker Bowles. So she's, you know, she's expanding her thoughts.
2: Yeah. And I would say, fun fact, to expand on this fact is the un- she made the unprecedented move at her jubilee address to the people she was basically like it is my wish that C- camilla becomes known as the queen consort oh. Which oh, was not so nice. a title that was necessarily going to be guaranteed to her. And yeah. everybody was like, wow, full circle. Because the queen initially was like, this woman will never be queen. That's what I remember. never be queen consort. I, yeah. And I, then yeah. she literally publicly was like, it is my wish for her to be queen consort. Yeah. And you know what? Now she is. We have queen consort Camilla Parker mm-hmm. Bowles. I guess now she's just Camilla. I don't think you keep Parker Bowles <laughs> anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure it's just, Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what the last name is. Yeah. QCC. QCC. (laughs) QCC. So, the reason why we're all here, we're going to talk about death and succession. So, what's happened to the succession line now that the Queen, that Queen Elizabeth is not the head of of the country anymore? So, Prince Charles is now King Charles III. Everybody was like, what's his name going to be? What's his name going to be? He ended up with. King Charles III. This was the first decision of the new king's reign. He could have chosen from any of his four names Charles, Philip, Arthur, or George. I think at one point he was considering a non Charles name, but oh, came around to it. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, back in the day. I don't know that I'd be able to,
1: like, if my name suddenly was Queen. Juliana. I, I don't even know. I know this I was like, let's take part of my name. Queen Queen Juliana. I don't I mean it would take a while for me to be like, oh, that's me. <laughs> yeah, oh got it. Here, oh, yes. yeah, that's yeah.
2: me. So sorry. here present. Yeah. He is not the only one who faces a change of title. So this has happened literally in like the past 48 hours. Prince William and his wife Catherine are now titled Duke and Duchess of Cornwall and Cambridge. And King Charles has also conferred on them the title of the prince and princess of Wales. Fun fact here, he did not give or um, not Camilla did not take the title of princess of Wales when she married Charles, which is was hers to take on Hmm. out of respect for Diana. I mean, kind of least you can do i know i would say i mean listen you after- want to stay in the
1: good graces of the british public absolutely yeah
2: yeah but i aw, mean it's like poor form poor, like poor form. form i think even if she was alive i would have been like you know what i'm good with i'm good with, with the duchess of cornwall yeah like, I'm, good, I'm good that's fine yeah there is also a new title for charles's wife camilla that we've talked about she becomes the Queen Consort which consort is a special, special title, uh, which means spouse of the monarch. So she's not queen. Right. She's queen consort. And here's a fun fact, Mm. because sexism is alive and well in every facet of the world. When a queen, like Queen Elizabeth marries, that person is known as a prince because king is a higher ranking title than queen. So if he was to be King Philip, he would have been a higher ranking person than the actual blood heir to the throne, Queen Elizabeth. I, so they have to be prince. There's no king consort. It's just prince. It's just
1: prince. I, I, that was a question that popped up in my mind at some point when we were talking about Philip. And I was like, I should ask. And then I it very quickly left my head. So I'm glad that you've brought it back. And I now have my question answered.
2: Happy, Happy to oblige. So let's talk about who's in line to the throne now. So we have King Charles at the top. First in line, obviously, Prince William, 40 years old. Mm -hmm. He's the eldest son of Charles and Diana. He's the heir. Second in line is Prince George, his son. He's nine years old. Third in line is Princess Charlotte, who is seven. And that is also the second child of William and Catherine. Fourth is Prince Louis, who is four. (laughs) And the third and final child of... Prince William and Catherine. Then number 5 is bad boy Prince Harry. Number 6 is Prince Archie. Oh, I guess fun fact, title changes. Mm-hmm. Archie and Lilibet now get to now have a right to the title HRH His Royal Highness Her Royal Highness Prince and Princess because of they are now grandchildren of the sovereign. So that's now their birthright. Whether they'll use it or not, or whether Charles will change those rules, remains to be seen. But before, they weren't prince or princess. They were just Archie and Lilibet? I think in a really problematic way, they, he was, I know Archie, they were calling him Master Archie. Like, like when when servants were addressing him, it was Master Archie. Oh, good lord. Mm-hmm. Wow. Um, but now, prince and princess. So Prince Archie is the sixth in line, he's three years old. He is the eldest of Harry and Meghan, the Duke and Duchess of Sussex. Seventh in line is Princess Lilibet, who is 15 months old, the second child of Harry and Meghan. And then rounding out the eighth in line is friend to Jeffrey Epstein, Prince Andrew, Duke of York, but he was stripped of his royal duties after Virginia, oh, I forget how to say her name. I do too. Guffrey? Goof- uh, yeah. Guffrey?
1: Go- I can't remember.
2: Virginia Guffrey? Yeah. Uh, put, set a lawsuit uh, against him um, after after the lawsuit by Virginia Guffrey was settled. But he is still in official line. He's still in the official line of succession. I feel Isn't like this funny? is an oversight. Like, you don't have royal duties. Right. <laughs> but if all seven of these people died.
1: It's you, Andrew. It's
2: you, boo. It's you. It's
1: you. It's you. I just, I feel like this is an oversight. Do you feel like Charles would ever be like, listen, no. Andy, I can't have you. We got to no. replace you in the He's line. He's too
2: far down for it to matter. Right, right, right. Like, I think I think they are trying to do the bare minimum with him yeah. of, like, reprimand. So, I think stripping him of his royal duties is probably as far as they will go unless mm-hmm. more publicly comes out about him. Mm. Okay. I, I think that they're just right. kind of like keeping calm and carrying, carrying on. Carrying
1: on. Speaking of keeping calm and carrying on, let's talk about the corgis. You have to. I didn't know that I had to until I started doing this research. And I was like, right, she had this whole corgi thing. And it's super cute. I also just love the idea of these dog Like she's so prim and proper or was so prim and proper that the idea of dogs running around her palace seems completely mm-hmm. like like the antithesis of what she presents meanwhile there are all like photos of her walking four dogs i'm like she doesn't drive but she's walking her dog like it was just it's so funny to me like just these images so we're going to talk about the corgis over her life the queen had more than 30 dogs many of them corgis During her seven-decade reign, corgis do not have a long royal history, so you're forgiven if you're confused about corgis as a choice. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Elizabeth and her sister Margaret became the first people in the royal family to have a corgi when they were young princesses in 1933. King George VI, then Duke of York, got them a puppy named Dookie. 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 Among the many transitions that Queen Elizabeth II's death has set in motion for Britain will be one that affects the smallest, perhaps cutest members of the family, debatable, I mean there's grandkids, of the royal family, but the monarch's pack of four royal dogs include two corgis, a corgi dachshund cross, known as a, known as a dorgie, <laughs> and a cocker spaniel, who I love is just like around, like uh, all these corgis mm-hmm. and then a cocker spaniel. Um, The names of these dogs are Candy, Lissy, Muick, and Sandy. It's not clear what will happen to the Queen's beloved pets. Royal biographer Ingrid Seward said they might go to her children, saying, quote, I imagine the dogs would be looked after by the family, probably Andrew, as he's the one that gave them to her. Seward told Newsweek, they're quite young, the Corgi and the (laughs) Dorgie.
2: the dorky the The dorky she's got these
1: little puppies i mean i also i mean i didn't put in the whole thing in here because it there's just too many notes i there there was all she like bred Mm -hmm. but i forget how many it said 14 like dogs from a line of one corgi that she had that was given to her its name was sue and then she called it susan so she bred many corgis from her lineage um, that was
2: gonna be my fun fact oh fun fact. I,
1: I i i i susan
2: I, the the lineage Susan corgi. the lineage
1: corgi and then it's i didn't realize i mean i guess i knew she like corgis were a thing for her but it stopped in like 2002 um because she was like i don't want to die and leave all these dogs behind mm-hmm. <laughs> fast forward 20 years she's passed and left four dogs behind
2: there's four, four dogs but they're going to be well looked after. They're going to be not well looked after. About the they had,
1: no, they had like their own private, like the chefs making their meals. I, they're fine.
2: <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's end this episode with I know we've had them sprinkled in, but we're going to end with fun facts, fun facts, fun facts, fun facts about Queen Elizabeth II. Despite being history's most widely traveled head of state, she reportedly visited 116 countries during her reign. Elizabeth did not hold a passport. I guess you don't need to. It's like, you know who I am. Come on. on. Since all British passports are issued in the Queen's name, she herself didn't need one. She also didn't require a driver's license, though she was known to take joyrides around her various estates in her Range Rover. I love it. Uh, Great. After months of begging her father to let her pitch in, Elizabeth, then an 18-year-old princess, joined the Women's Auxiliary Territorial Service during World War II. Known as second subaltern Elizabeth Windsor, she donned a pair of coveralls and trained in London as a mechanic and military truck driver. The queen was the only female member of the royal family to have entered the armed forces and was the only living head of state who served in World War II. Next fun fact, Princess Elizabeth married her third cousin, Philip Mountbatten, formerly Prince of Greece and Denmark, on November 20th, 1947. The wedding was held during a post-war recovery year, and was a relatively understated affair. With austerity measures still in effect, Elizabeth had to save up ration coupons to purchase the material for her wedding dress, which was an ivory satin gown designed by Norman Hartnell, and encrusted with ten thousand white pearls. That's a lot of pearls. That's a lot of pearls. It's a lot of pearls. I'm also like, how many ration coupons? <laughs> like, <laughs> I think it was a lot, and I think people sent her their ration coupons to help her oh, get the dress. That okay. she ended. I don't think they, they. She ended up taking them, but yeah,
1: it, it was a whole thing. Got it. Got it. This last fun fact is amazing and oh, yeah. it's just for you. Did you know this one already?
2: Yes, I know oh. this one. It's oh. such a great story. I was like, why? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, this is so good. So this is a very infamous story. It's to me great. So last fun fact, or I guess fun story. On July 9th, 1982, a 31-year-old psychiatric patient named Michael Fagan scaled a Buckingham Palace drain pipe and sauntered into Elizabeth's chambers. The sleeping monarch awoke to find a strange man perched on the edge of her bed, dripping in blood from where he had cut his hands while wandering the palace's dark corridors. Initially unable to reach the police, Elizabeth was said to have engaged Vagan in a conversation for at least 10 minutes, listening to him chat about his personal problems and relationship with his four children, Finally, a footman roused from his slumber, seized the loquacious intruder. It turned out Fagin, who was ordered to spend six months in a hot mental hospital, had also crept into the royal residence weeks earlier, making off with a bottle of Prince Charles's white wine. So part of how they like got him out. So there, there was like so many crazy things that happened for him to not get caught. So when he entered the window or it like really broke into the window, The alarms did go off to the security, but they had just put them in. So the guards were instructed to ignore (laughs) any alarms because it was just the system being faulty.
1: Oh, my God. And then he
2: like went around. He took the bottle of wine. He like sat on the throne room. Oh, my God. And then he ended up at the Queen's in the Queen's room. And they had, like, their, you know, their chit-chatting conversation. And she's, like, trying to alert the police that somebody's in there and eventually somehow coaxes him or is, like, you know, let, let me get you a cigarette or, you know. And, like, calls down for a cigarette for the man in her room. And then finally everybody, oh like, my God. in. It's oh. like, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. Oh, my God. She's like, yes, hello, um, butler. Uh, uh,
1: a, a cigarette for this man in my room. For the man in my room? S- sitting on the edge of my bed. Oh yeah, my God. but the
2: funniest part about this whole thing was that he—the only thing that they can't—they couldn't charge him with breaking and entering because Buckingham Palace is belongs to the people, and they can't—they could—they can't—they can't. So they can't charge him with trespassing. It's—it's—it's it's, it's like a public. It's a public land. So the only thing that they could charge him with was. The wine that he stole. Theft. Oh, my God. That's... Oh. So he got charged with petty theft. That's or so bringing wild. bringing in a buggy of malice. <laughs> wow, that's so wild. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And oh that God. is our last fun fact. So looking ahead at the events that will unfold over the next weeks, months, years... The queen will have her state funeral on September 19th. It's been announced literally right before we (laughs) recorded this podcast. Yeah, Uh, It's a Monday. It'll be a bank holiday for people in the United Kingdom. Crazy times. It'll probably be at like 5 a.m. for those of us in the U.S. And then at some point after that, at a date that has not been disclosed at all or talked about, Charles and Camilla will be coronated they will have their coronation which should be a more happy affair than the state funeral which is bound to be bleak but biden has already said that he will go to the state funeral i expect many world leaders will be at the state funeral yeah it's gonna be big it's gonna be big and then she will be laid to rest in windsor at saint george's chapel um that's in windsor Um, They've been waiting to, like, actually properly, like, put the Prince Philip in his final resting place until she died. So now they both will be put in the same place.
1: What? Oh, Mm -hmm.
2: so cute. Weird, but cute. It's weird. It's It's so weird. weird. Like, where is he? Is he just in a a fridge? I don't understand. Okay, it's a whole thing. This is a whole other episode, but it's the royal vault. It's located underneath St. George's Chapel. So in it's Windsor. cool. It's cool down there. It's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's but it's it's like a vault like, you know, it, it to me when I look at like drawings of it, it it's like a glamorous mausoleum where there's like shelves for coffins that go in there. Um, but so he's there right now. Okay, he's under the chapel. But there's like a side chapel that was added by Queen Elizabeth, um, George the Sixth's chapel where her father, her mother, and her sister all are. So they're going to go to the side chapel. I see. I see. So he's just going to be like... Shift
1: it He's just going to move him. I feel like mm-hmm. all of these chapels and laying to rest places are going to be full up by the time we get to the end of this succession list.
2: Yeah. Well, they. I mean, there's so many places for monarchs to be... To be buried. Interred. Mm. Uh, and royal folks to be interred that this right. was just... This is a popular one, though, I will say. Right. I'm sorry, I'm moving my chair. I realize this is probably making so much sound. Yes, this is a popular one. Got it. So. Got it. So we will see. Okie dokie. But that is the end of our episode on Queen Elizabeth II. A nice little long one. We hope you enjoyed it. And as always, we love you so, so much. And if you like what you heard, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Let's Get Civical please rate, review, and subscribe to us. We love you so, so much, and we will see you next Wednesday. Goodbye.